And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. We are so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Michaela. I mean, you guys have no idea how inspirational this girl is. After a cancer diagnosis that led to losing a limb and a separation from her husband, this 23-year-old badass exudes positivity, love, and hope. Her outlook on life is so uplifting, you can't help but smile when you hear this warrior talk. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that we can continue to bring you these awe-inspiring stories. And stay tuned for Michaela's wild story. Welcome, Michaela. We're so grateful to have the chance to hear your story today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited, but like also nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be at all. So you are, uh, and I'm totally going to butcher this, but I'm going to try it anyway. You are a synovial sarcoma cancer survivor. Yeah, and that's how you say it too. So <laughs> good job. Thank you. Thank you. Google helped me practice a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, can I guess, can you just start out by telling us like, what is synovial sarcoma in the first place? It's like a super rare soft tissue cancer. Um, like one out of a million people are diagnosed a year with it and it usually um is in like a limb so like arms or legs Pre that's pretty much it um it usually ends the diagnosis usually ends in amputation anyway it's super aggressive and i mean like most cancers once it gets to your lungs it's kind of like game over okay yeah so how old were you when you got the diag the initial diagnosis i was 21 Oh my goodness. Oh, like, yeah. oh my goodness. So what even led you to go to the doctor, I guess, you know? So I had just had my second son and I felt like this bump in my arm. And I, I, oh my gosh, I remember even my dad coming over and I was laughing. I was like, feel this. Like, what do you think it is? And then he's like, I don't know, because um, my family has had benign, you know, tumors before. Uh, I feel like that's pretty common. But then I was like teasing. I was like, what if it's cancer? And I remember laughing after I said that to him. I'm like, oh, oh that came to like bite me, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was actually really hard getting diagnosed because it is so rare. So I went to multiple doctors. I got misdiagnosed so many times. It probably took me like, I don't know, like six, seven months actually to get like the diagnosis. Yeah. So during that time, I got a bunch of blood work done. I saw a bunch of doctors. One doctor thought like it was a bruise, you know, from like carrying the car seat because my son, he was just like a baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I was like, um, it's not like, like it's the color of my skin. So it's, I don't know if it's a bruise, you know, and it's big. Uh, it was big. So it started out really small. So um, the cancer grows like fast, but it takes its time to spread, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. So it started out like super small, just like a little pebble. And then it grew to the size of like, I don't even know, like a small soft softball, you know, like wow. something like that. Like it was, was it painful? It wasn't really. There were sometimes like my hand would get like tired, you know, but that's, that's it. It didn't get super, it, it didn't hurt, which is like weird. Cause you know, it's, right. it's big, it's in my arm, you know, usually yeah. it does hurt. Cause that was one of the big questions every single time I went to the doctors is like, does it hurt? And I was like, no, it really doesn't though. Like, it's just kind of like annoying because it's there and it's like making me feel like self-conscious, you know, because it's like ugly, I guess. To me, it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't love it. I got a bunch of blood work done. I got a bunch of imaging done. And then what really happened is I went to go get an uh, MRI. So I got an MRI done and they said it's benign. So they sent me to a doctor in Coeur d'Alene and then he was going to do a biopsy on it. Just like real quick, super easy. Went to the appointment. Sure. And then I walk in and that was the first doctor I saw who was like, well, it could be a good or bad cancer. And I was like, what? What? Like no one has even said the word cancer. Every single doctor that I saw before that 
was like, oh, it's benign. Like it's like, no, sure. it's like, it's not. Right. Yeah, exactly. That was just crazy. He was the first doctor that like showed me my images and was like real with me. Yeah. So he couldn't do the biopsy because it was like, if he did the biopsy, then it could have spread throughout my whole body. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm like super thankful he knew what he was doing. Right. Because that could have just went like downhill real fast. But like if he actually like went in and did the biopsy. So after that, he um, referred me to a hand surgeon and the hand surgeon wouldn't even take my case. He wouldn't even take me because the like images were worrisome to him. Okay. So I got denied by a couple doctors because they wouldn't take my case. And then they referred me to this badass, awesome doctor in <laughs> Spokane. I love this guy, uh, Dr. Howlett. And he's so real and he's just hilarious. But he was like the doctor that was like so real with me, telling me what I needed to hear instead of what I wanted to hear. And he was, he was awesome. He was like, yeah, you'll probably get your arm amputated. And I was like, what? And he was just like really accepting, I guess, of like what I wanted to do and the treatments I wanted to do. Because I didn't want to just start out with chemo and radiation. Sure. I wanted to like do other things because I know mm -hmm. chemo is like, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And real bad. What happened was after meeting with Dr. Hallett, he did my surgery. So I got a biopsy surgery. So I had to get it completely put under and then they did a biopsy. And right before Christmas probably like a week before Christmas, I get a phone call and then they tell me that it's like cancer and they tell me it's synovial sarcoma cancer. They tell me like my options, you know, which is chemo and radiation and amputation pretty much. And then, so I was like, okay, it's Christmas. Like, let me breathe. Let me take this in. Up until this point, no one was telling me that it was cancer. Right. Mm -hmm. So it totally threw me. I was like, I'm young. I got like my two boys. This is wild, you know, over like Christmas and New Year's, I kind of did my own research and then I wanted to not jump into chemo, I guess. Sure. So I want to do kind of like the naturopathic way. So I totally changed up my diet and my lifestyle. Um, I did a bunch of like naturopathic <laughs> uh, things, which totally yeah. sound crazy, but I loved them so much. I loved them. I learned so much about like my body and awesome. food and like yeah. everything during that time. Yeah, I loved it. So what was going through your head then once they said to you, here's your options, amputation, chemo and radiation? I was like, what the hell? That's yeah. crazy, especially because I was like, no arm, like what? And then chemo that makes you so sick, you know, and it's like you mm -hmm. lose your hair, which sounds so crazy, but it's true. I'm a girl and I'll lose my hair. Like even for right. guys, that's hard. I was super attached to my hair because that is what makes you beautiful. That's what I thought. Sure. That like totally rocked my world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially at 21 years old. I mean, like I know what I was doing at 21. <laughs> the courage and the strength and the emotional growth that you have to go through as a 21 year old. And I mean, even at that point, like you must, truth be told, were definitely more mature than I was at 21 years old. You have two <laughs> children. I had none. Still had none. Uh, still having to like kind of go through all of that as a 21 year old and losing a limb. I mean, that's a, that's a really big loss, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, super big. So I actually had to grow up early because I had my first son when I was 14. So I was like, okay, I got to like mature real fast, you know, got to grow up. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. And then I actually got married at 19. And then I had my second son at 21. And I don't know, now I'm an amputee. And now we're separated, you know, but I yeah. still got my two boys. It's funny because what I was like 18 or 19 at the time. And I went to this like treat for women. And they're like, okay, go around and tell your story. And I was like, I don't really have a story. There's not much to my life. 
you know, and I'm <laughs> now I look back and laugh because that's so not the case anymore. Right. I was like, you want to hear my story? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> were you going through a separation while you were getting diagnosed or was that after? Our marriage was never like super, it was good, but it also wasn't very healthy because like there were some things that he just like dealt with or just like didn't deal with, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. that was like really rocky he had like addiction and stuff and that was like so hard like it tore me apart you know that's a real thing honestly like we've talked to a couple different people with medical diagnoses and like whether it was an autoimmune thing or a cancer thing like no matter what stress destroys your body yeah exactly yeah so that and that's what's so crazy is i was living a really healthy lifestyle you know i've always been like you know, fairly healthy. So I was like, this was surprising because I was never in an environment like that. And then now that I was, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So our marriage, it was like, it was uh, just like not healthy, I guess, you know, when it was good, it was really good. But when it was bad, it was just like, really, really bad. What happened was so I was like going through cancer, and like, all that. So a week and a half, after my amputation surgery and like two days before Christmas Eve, that's actually when like he threw mine and the boys' stuff out of the house and was like yelling at us to like leave. It was a super toxic situation. And it was like, I was like, I, I don't even know what to do. Like I called for help. No one would help me. I, I didn't call the police. Maybe I should have, you know, cause that probably would have been better because maybe they would have like put the situation out. it. Yeah, right, exactly. yeah. But I was like, I don't know, my boys are there. Like, I don't want them to like, but I was like, they're already scarred at this point, which like sucks to say. I don't know. I was like, at this point where I was like, all my stuff is thrown out the window. Uh, The boys are crying and I'm just like standing there with like one arm still in my like cast and wrapped, you know, after my surgery. And and then he's like yelling at me and I was like, I gotta go. So I took the boys and then so we went to my dad's. And then so that's when the separation happened. The buildup of even having to have this amp- this amputee surgery has got to be, or amputation, I should say, mm-hmm. has got to be pretty difficult. And then the road to recovery is equally as difficult, if not harder, I'm sure. Yeah. And then add all this on top of it. It's a wonder you like made it through. I'm still shocked. I don't know how I did it. I don't know. For some reason, my life's like, hey, let's like one up everyone's story. Let's go big on this. <laughs> Can you take us through like a little bit about what it was like before and after your surgery? I mean, like your emotions of going through it all. Before surgery, so I ended up doing chemo. And then so I actually had like one of the worst chemos out there. The worst is called the Red Devil, and I had the sister drug to that. And oh my gosh, my stays at the hospital were terrible. They kept messing up on me. It was like, what? I don't even know what's going on. So I had to stay at the hospital for uh, four days at a time um, every three weeks. And it would probably take me two and a half weeks to recover. So I would get like four days where I can actually sit up and like walk around. And then I would have to go back for chemo. Um, And then radiation would be every single day for like a couple months. And then so my first day at the hospital, my oncologist was actually like out of town. So I was like, this is good timing. This is cool. I had like a substitute doctor, if that makes sense. Um, So I had him and they ended up giving me chemo an extra day. Don't know why. They ended up giving me chemo for an extra day. Yeah. And they also gave me this medicine that usually like makes you like, uh loopy and like passes out like you're most likely going to like um 
you're at high fall risk with this medicine. But sure. since I was so young, they're like, oh, we don't need to put her on high fall risk. I went to the bathroom to go wash my hands and I fell over and passed out. I don't remember it at all. My first day at the hospital, I don't remember it at all because I was just, I was out of it. People came and visited me and I was like, what you did? They were like heavy dosing me with that oh, drug. I don't yeah. remember my first day at all. And I, I was like, so, so sick. It makes you so sick. I was like constantly throwing up. I couldn't keep anything down. Didn't get any sleep. You guys know, like staying at a hospital, like they're, they're constantly checking in on you. Yeah. Right. My second stay was better. It was during my birthday too. It was like cute. My family like decorated the room and stuff. Aww, so I was like, that yeah. was really nice. Yeah. Um, and then people came and visited me. Nurses, they were so nice. Oh, they were like giving me cards and like presents. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was really sweet. So port surgery, like I had a port, you know, cause that's where they yeah. put the chemo drug. During port surgery, my doctor requested a double port and they messed up on the surgery and only gave me a single port. Oh and I needed a double port because not all the drugs mix well sure. through the single port. Mm -hmm. It's like not going to mix those drugs. So the first day, I forgot to say, so the first day they actually mixed all those drugs in the single port. The second day they noticed that they did better. So they didn't mix the drugs and I had to get like an IV this time yeah. for some of them. Um, so that's good. But it also sucked because I got so swollen. Like, I don't even know what it was. Like I was, I was blown up. It was, oh, I, don't, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, that was bad. Um, second stay was better because I kind of, I wasn't so loopy because they didn't give me so much of the drugs, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. So I kind of remembered stuff, which also kind of sucked because it, it, like days <laughs> yeah. went by slower. Yeah. I remember and I felt everything. I felt all the pain. But he did request or not request. Um, He recommended three chemo treatments, three rounds of chemo. But I decided not to do that because after the second treatment, I meet with them. And then they, they tell me like just like a checkup. How's it going? Well, he told me that the third round of chemo really wouldn't make that big of a difference. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So after chemo, I was like, wow, I, you know what? Losing my arm doesn't sound so bad anymore. So, <laughs> you know, get yeah. rid of it, chop it yeah. off. I don't care. Just like, I don't want to do this again. It, it was bad. And then um, after I decided not to do the third round, my doctor was pissed. Me and him actually didn't really get along. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I recommend getting along with your oncologist, you know, <laughs> trusting them. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so me and him did get along and I was like, hey, peace out. I'm not doing the third round. Don't like it here. Um, but after that, I was practicing everything with my left hand and one handed, you know, I was like, okay, let's get this ready. Let's button up these pants, you know, let's like crack an egg. Let's, let's do this, you know. So I practiced a lot before my surgery. I never thought I would lose my arm. It's crazy. It's still crazy to me. Like I never, I never could, if I look at like baby pictures of myself and I'm like, you're going to lose your arm. Like that's just wild to me. What's well, your arm? Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. my right hand, I'm right handed, you know, or I yes. was right handed. So it's like, yeah, my dominant hand, that's crazy. Um, and then I'm like, kind of excited at this point so I'm going to surgery and then like all these like uh doctors and surgeons walk in and they're like hey my name's like 
whatever. It's nice to meet you. This is what I'm doing. And this is how I'm going to do it. You know, they're like shaking my hand and stuff. And then my main surgeon, Dr. Howlett, the one I love comes in. He's like wearing like his old like college sweatshirt. He's like, sup, you ready? And I was like, hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He was really cool. And then uh, surgery was like really good. I think the thing I was most nervous about is (laughs) um, it's like kind of like a longer surgery, obviously. I was apparently people pee themselves during surgery. And I was like, I do not want to pee myself, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I was nervous about that. Um, I mean, it went good. They got the right arm. So that's good. You know, always. always (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And then um, I actually they had to cut open my leg a little bit, too, because like they had to take the um, muscle. I can't remember what it is out of my leg and then wrap my nerve, my arm nerves in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So during this time I had a few surgeries because I had the biopsy surgery, my amputation and then my leg. And then I also had the uh, port surgery a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. And you're so young. Yeah. What's the recovery like for that? Like, is this, like you had said you were prepping, like learning to do everything with your left hand as it was. But, like, afterwards, like, now it really is just your left hand. So, like, Mm -hmm. what what was that like? Uh, So, I actually only stayed in the hospital for, like, one night because I was, like, get me out of here. I, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was, like, I I loved all my nurses and stuff there. But they – so, at the hospital, they kind of, like, teach you how to do things with, like, one hand. I pretty much already knew how to do everything because I was teaching myself before, like, putting on socks, you know. And just, like – random stuff like that um so the recovery is like it hurts (laughs) so they give you medicine uh for like the nerve pain because in the beginning i had really bad phantom pains it was like it would randomly like shock you know or like burn and i was like oh my gosh like what's going on so that that wasn't fun it's gone away now though so thankfully yeah if i'm put into a situation i'm just kind of like i adapt and i like figure it out and then i just go with it yeah. So I don't really remember some stuff, which I should, but I do have a bad memory. I ha- actually got hit by a car when I was four too. <laughs> so um, that's probably why I don't have a good memory. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously I was living at my dad's at that time. And so the boys, I either trained my son cause he was still in diapers, you know, he's yeah. two. I trained him. I was like, okay, lift your legs up, you know, like how to like train, like, how to change his diapers with one hand yeah. that's difficult um yeah. but i had a lot of help like my family is super helpful in situations like that like i know they're there for me um i had a bunch of people like drop off food for me which was like so nice and they were just like encouraging me with their messages and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. oh something super cool kind of off topic so when i first got diagnosed with cancer my mom owns a coffee stand we're from like this small town in idaho you know it's rathroom it's small she set up a GoFundMe like right after I found out and I was like, okay, just put the max to like 500. I don't know if people are going to donate. I don't even know if I want them to donate. This is like a weird situation. But then I came out with this video explaining like what was going on, my cancer diagnosis. The GoFundMe ended up getting over like in a week, it ended up getting over like 10,000. I was like, what? We kept having... Yeah, we kept oh having to like, raise the price because people kept donating. That's and then, amazing. Oh, That's people so like these great. random people, I don't even know who they are. They uh, made t-shirts for me and sold them. People like made blankets for me. 
people there are these high schoolers that put on like a fundraiser for me i don't even know i didn't even know them there was this girl when i shaved my head before like chemo there was this girl that shaved her head because she saw me shave my head Oh my like, gosh! <laughs> it was it was wild, so wild. It's crazy how like sometimes when like the darkest of times like bring out like all sorts of people, you know, like yeah. all sorts of people that are like willing to like help in any. I mean, and that's what we hope like humanity really is, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you hope anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was right. it was crazy because I didn't realize how many people like like knew me or knew of me. I don't know. It was crazy. The people that came around that was probably like the biggest like eye opener about the whole thing. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like real. This happening. Like people, I don't know. It was, I love it. I yeah. don't know. It was oh, good. For sure. Yeah. Well, and now like, I mean, just even scrolling through some of your social media, like you are like a serious warrior. I don't know. All the different things that have been handed in your life, you find a way to get through it and you're unreal positive. Like you're, I just like want to scoop you up. You're so positive. How, how long has it been since you had the surgery? I had my surgery in December. So like nine months. It hasn't even been a year. Oh my God. You are unreal. Thanks, guys. I love this. <laughs> Keep it coming. It's so phenomenal that you are at this point. If it was me, I mean, I don't know that I would handle it this way. If it was me, I'd probably be in a ball somewhere still, you know, like, can't believe this happened to me. And like, here you are, like, whatever, we got to oh. keep going. <laughs> well, and I had my days too, because it was like, it was really hard, like dealing with chemo and like the idea of like, me actually having cancer and like trying to be a mom, you know, I would try to be a wife and a daughter. So definitely had my days. Um, but I, my life's <laughs> wild. I don't know. My life's wild. And I kind of just like, as weird as it sounds, I'm like super happy. I don't have my arm <laughs> because like, I, I can't even picture my life with it now. I think I look way more like myself in my like my true self I feel like such a badass without my arm I don't know it's just weird I have like this like peace feeling about it where it's like okay this is how it's supposed to be like this is what it's meant to be you are man like I'll tell you like when we look at your pictures and whatnot we're like this girl like literally <laughs> on fire <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> <Yeah>, amazing <laughs> so what would you say has been the hardest part about your journey chemo sucked a lot that was that was really difficult for me because it just like mentally like physically drains you and mentally you get like at such a low point so low you get so low but then the divorce like really kicked me too because I was like freshly one hand now I'm a single mom of two I'm 23 yeah. you know <laughs> I'm just like yeah. how many titles do I have to my cancer survivor you know I was like divorcee single mom, you know, yeah. I was like amputee. What the heck's going on? The divorce really kicked me because during that time I was like freshly, yeah, one handed, no job at the time, you know, because I was going through chemo and stuff. He was obviously the main provider. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just like trying to raise my boys and trying to like figure out like my stuff, having to deal with my emotions with the divorce, but then having to like focus on theirs too, you know, cause like I want to be there for them. And this is like a, a confusing time because they're also going through a lot. Sure. Like my oldest, he's turning nine next month. And like he, me and him, we've been best buds, obviously, because 
I was like a teen mom, you know? Yeah. Um, so unfortunately he kind of also had to like, he's super mature for his age. Sure. Um, yeah. So like seeing his mom go through that and then go through something even harder and just like the, like no stability and like the moving, you know? So it's like, gosh. So that was like, that was really hard emotionally. Cause I, I was so stressed during that time. I didn't sleep and I threw up a lot. Not because I was like sick, but because I was like, I was so stressed. I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, I have no money. I have no job. I have no home. I got two kids I got to take care of. And I got like no arm now. Like, what am I going to do? But then here you are like literally kicking ass. <laughs> I got my own place now. I got two jobs, you know, I'm separating yes. from him. Yeah. So it's going good. You know, like my social media has like blown up since then. I get a robot arm like how badass is that uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah and then um something super cool actually too i actually uh have the opportunity to go to the uk for a couple months to like be on a show no way yeah yeah wow mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so, so cool. just like cool opportunities have like happened since and i was like whoa like that i have never felt more myself never and at your age to like find that now you know what i mean like Tara and I are in our thirties and like we, I know a ton of people who are still like soul searching, right? Like here you are yeah. like, I am me. And it's like, you can yeah. just tell, man, you're like <laughs> killing it. <laughs> oh, they're glowing. It's not like the light keeps me up off my white shirt, but. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned about yourself going through all of these things, all of your trials? I think I'm like constantly learning about myself but like I don't know the biggest thing I really learned like how strong I am by going through that I could see I could like pick myself up and pick the boys up like I am a survivor and I realized that I was like no matter what comes my way like I got this like I could do it I'm just like strong in that way and I allow myself to feel things you know also because I don't want to ignore that because I know that just leads you down the bad path if you like ignore your feelings so I allow myself to feel and then I'm like, okay, I feel, I get where I'm at in my headspace. Let's like get up. Let's go. Um, so I'm super, yeah, survivor. What advice would you give to somebody who loses a limb, whether it's through cancer or, you know, like I saw one of your Instagram posts that I literally was like dying laughing at yesterday <laughs> where you said, you know, I'm a badass. Like I, how did I lose my arm? A shark attack? Like a bear attack? <laughs> Yeah, so many stories now. I can yeah. say like this crazy person came out of nowhere. I've done that before too. Like when I go out, <laughs> I will tell people like random stories and I'll just like go with it. So. <laughs> so like for anybody that has lost a limb in any way, is there any advice that you have for somebody? You're probably a lot cooler without that limb anyway. Honestly, though, honestly, yeah, like you are so much more unique. Like I thought it would take away from me and people would see me as like something else, especially with like dating and like going out there. Okay. I'm like, okay, how are people gonna like respond to this? But it's been so positive. It's been so positive. So it's like it's helping me a lot. I don't know. It's just it's cool. Um, And then just like meeting new people. It's very cool. All the opportunities that have come my way since the amputation. Yeah. And for people who, I mean, are now without a limb or amputation um, surgery, I just like, you are a badass. Like you're strong. Like everyone has a story, but like your story shows honestly with like yeah. who you are 
Like you have a story to tell, like you're very cool. What do you hope the takeaway is of your story for our listeners? That they're probably a lot stronger than they think they are. That they can like also like get through stuff. Even if like you think you can't, probably like super cheesy, but like I obviously hit rock bottom during that time. And then so it's like no place but up, you know, like (laughs) do what makes you happy. You know, this like isn't the end of the world. Like you're still like a beautiful person no matter what you've been through. And I think people's stories are what like make them beautiful. You know, I I absolutely believe it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's what I think. So I think just like owning your story and owning your past is huge. You've been through that. You're a badass. Like you're so cool. Like I want to be your friend. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And like we couldn't agree more. That's like the whole point, the whole premise of this podcast is to get people's stories out because A, like when you hear somebody's story, like you, like obviously we already knew you were a badass just like based (laughs) on a picture, but like hearing from you, you're also like, oh my God, like this person just radiates love and you can just tell that, like your energy and hearing from other people, like it also makes you a more compassionate person. You know, you understand more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like we could bond over trauma. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Uh, well, Michaela, you have inspired us so much, and we are completely confident that our listeners are going to be inspired by you too. But before we let you go, we just have a fun little set of fun pop questions for you. So the first question is, what is your spirit animal? Foxes. I think they're cool. So if you could meet anyone living or dead, who would it be? I think Charlie Hunnam is like super hot. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to meet him one day because he's just like insanely attractive to me. So (laughs) that's a good one. Absolutely good one. (laughs) What is your most used emoji? Probably the laughing crying one. Yeah, I, I use that. that all the time. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Or like, you know, the one where she's like face palming, like, oh gosh, <laughs> use that a lot too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's your stance on pineapple on pizza? I support everyone and <laughs> what they like. So, <laughs> but like, no thanks. That's me. <laughs> Last question: If you could have any superpower, what would it be? I would love to. Is it teleport? Like travel? Yeah. I would love that. That would be cool. Yeah. I would like to do that. Right? Like, I'm like, peace cool. out. I'm going to go to, like, Hawaii yeah. real quick. Yeah. Okay. Go get, like, a smoothie Bye. bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> well, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your inspiring story with us. It has been so great and so fun talking with you. You're so positive and so fun. So, anyway, thank you so much for being Unapologetically You. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I was like, I was super nervous, but I'm like so happy I did this. Um, I had so much fun talking to you guys. Hopefully I didn't like ramble too much. But no, no. <laughs> Okay, good, good. Um, yeah, this is awesome. I really loved it. We're so happy you joined us and we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyyoupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at unapologeticallyyoupodcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.